Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 43 for Monday, June 10th, 2019. My name is Johnny, but the internet knows me as Pixelriffs, and joining me as always is my good friend Joel Duggan. Hey Joel. Hello sir, and we are not alone. We are not, indeed. No. <laughs> we, we, have, we have a guest, as you can hear him chuckling in the background, and we are introducing to the show Adam Clark, who is known as The Common People on Twitter. Younger listeners may recognise him as the voice of Wizard Keen from the Stampy Long No series WonderQuest. He's the author and or illustrator of several unofficial Minecraft books, including The Adventures of Puffin Island, That's Why I Love Minecraft, in collaboration with the poet Tony Walsh, and the upcoming book Minecraft Lifehacks Lab for Kids. He's also a marketplace partner with Wandering Wizards, a collaboration with Immersive Mind and Dragnos, which produces maps and skin packs. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Yeah, and for, for those of you who are uh, Spawn Chunks patrons, you guys will have heard the render distance. And if you haven't, go back and listen to the pre-show because really amazing insights into <laughs> some of the creative process that goes into making those maps and maintaining them for the Bedrock Marketplace and a little bit of background about Adam's history with Minecraft, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit here in the main show as well. But every week we like to uh, start the show by talking about what's new in our Minecraft life. So uh, guests first, I suppose. Adam, what have you been up to? Oh, well, it's it's funny. I always start, whenever I go to one of these, a uh, convention or I, I, you know, I'm invited to talk somewhere, I, was like, I go, good, good, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Adam Clark and I play Minecraft for a living. Hey. And I think that kind of, you know, that the audience at that moment was like, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what for a living you know and all the all the mums and dads in the room like gee no gosh no please not one of them uh, <laughs> yeah I, so it's an interesting so it is what i do so this week has been much like any other week so i've had um you know i'm, I'm making a minecraft map uh for an education edition uh uh for part in part with microsoft edu uh, and also the world wildlife foundation so there's so and and another company called Nature Bytes. So there's these three kind of companies, uh, and we're all making a we're making a Minecraft map about um, extinction uh, animals that have been that, are, that have been died, <laughs> mm-hmm. are dead in the past, uh, animals that are currently endangered, and kind of the future. What what can we do for the future? So it's kind of so it's a really nice sort of map uh, to kind of put my heart and soul into it for a bit um and then across that i've got kind of other bits and pieces other i think tomorrow i'm at steam reed immersive minds is coming down and uh, we're doing another we're starting another map for lancaster university which is going to be all about gulliver's travels um so that's going to be a, a kind of a cool map and that'll be an adventure map uh in collaboration with some of the academics from uh lancaster university and we're looking at gulliver's travels as a piece of text but we're kind of gamifying it and making it kind of a playable experience for people and that will be actually sold on the minecraft marketplace so that is a a massive weird collaboration with the university um that's going to have some many different kind of outcomes so it's going to be interesting (laughs) i expect the weird collaborations are also some of the best ones though because you don't expect to find yourself in that position of making a jonathan swift novel into a minecraft map but but here you are exactly exactly and that and yeah, and I ha- and I you know I went in a couple of weeks ago to have a chat with the the university people and it was it was I was like they were like what do you need and I was like large sheets of paper uh, lots of crayons and, uh, and and we're basically going to go through the story and trying to figure out how we tell the story in Minecraft um, because I said you know I wanted to, I had it in my mind originally you know and I've done these massive build I've done massive people in Minecraft that's kind of like 
I can my thing at the moment, right? I can do these kind of really big kind of sculptural forms of, of human beings. So I thought, okay, we'll start there. So we're not going to be Gulliver, right? But we're going to be the Lilliputians. And we're going to probably break this down into three episodes, three kind of maps as well. Um, I mean, it, in Gulliver's Travels, there are three. There's like there's little people, then there's the big people, and then there's the horse people. I'm not sure how we're going to do the horse people. <laughs> but, but we'll, that sounds like a skin pack waiting to happen, the horse people, know, doesn't it? Right? Exactly. It's like, it's like My Little Pony again. I remember those days when that, when mm-hmm. that mod came out, and that's great. So that's, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at at the moment. It's kind of, a, yeah, I love the weird stuff. Yeah, that's my favorite. Sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, how about you, Joel? What yeah. are you up to this week? Pro- probably uh, slightly less weird things than horse people, if I had to guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I uh, I had a, a bit of strange luck. Uh, I had first some bad luck with trying to build some stuff in my swamp base on the Citadel. Uh, I, I've been a little frustrated lately in, in that I've got new things in the, in the server that I want to start, but I haven't known where to start. So I'm still kind of thinking, you know, like you have that that brewing process of of coming up with new ideas and where to put them and how to best approach them especially when they're big you kind of want to you have to start somewhere but you don't want to start in the wrong place and then realize that you've invested hours into something that you have to change Mm, sure so the swamp so the swamp base is someplace i go because it's very geometric like it's just circles spheres colors lights it's all just meant to be the place where i've got witch farm slime farm bone farm like it's just it's more function than than fashion i mean it looks cool but it's not meant to be like a medieval thing with all this texture and it was kind of a nice break uh to go there and and check that out but uh when i start my streams lately uh leading up to the 113 114 rollover I was starting the streams off kind of like with a soft launch, chatting with the chat room, hidden down to my wither skeleton farm to farm uh, wither heads to uh, to make beacons because I knew these new projects were going to need beacons. And I took all this effort and I made this this wither squisher room that uses that bedrock trick of, of uh, you summon the wither and the head gets stuck in the bedrock and then it dies because you've got minecarts underneath it and it entity cramps. So I did that because I ended up with nine wither skeleton skulls and i thought oh sweet those will be fun we'll do we'll do three wither squishes live on on stream and so i killed one and i was like oh there's another star on the minecart that's weird so i grabbed that and then there was another nether star in in the chest in the collection chest like that's weird that must have been some sort of bug or maybe i thought oh maybe someone was here before and they didn't realize that their star didn't get into the chest or something so i thought well i'll i'll keep it i'll set it aside i've still got a couple of other withers to to kill kill another one two stars ends up in the chest (laughs) (laughs) it's like what it's like ah so third time's a charm uh i got six nether stars six new beacons for the price of three withers granted i didn't have to actually fight these withers so it was pretty it's pretty cheesy to begin with but um bit of a bug that i've not heard of i hope no one really mentions it for a little while um, <laughs> like, i'll take advantage I mean, of this while i can yeah, yeah. and mm. it's one of those things where like i sort of felt dirty doing it but then i thought like well you know what there's a bunch of other bugs in this game that have been causing me grief for weeks mm. so i was like you know here's one that i actually can take advantage of and, and use to my yeah <laughs> down the road so i decided to just kind of power on through uh needless to say i will be continuing to start my streams with wither skeleton skull <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. gathering <laughs> yes you're like if, if they're gonna change iron farming on us so many times then at least let us have some more nether stars to make up for it mm-hmm. yeah that's the currency we're trading on these days yeah what about you sir i have begrudgingly been putting blast furnaces to their intended use uh because <laughs> yeah i God. 
I, I've I've had had beef with blast furnaces for a while because all they will cook is ores, and people keep reminding me that they will also smelt, you know, swords and armor and stuff down into nuggets if you want them. But I don't really have. So a... I was told that's not a thing. It is a thing. It's definitely. It is a if, thing. If if you... so, I was misinformed. Yeah. Okay. If if you get uh, armor from skeletons and zombie spawners and that kind of thing, then it can melt it right. down into iron nuggets or gold nuggets. But I don't really have a place where I do that. I don't tend to use the XP farms that have you know skeletons or zombies in them now. I tend to go for mm-hmm. guardians because there's a ton of them. So uh, yeah, I, I've just been using it to smelt ores, but I decided I might as well set up a big furnace because I do the Minecraft survival guide series. And if I'm not going to use something that is technically in survival Minecraft to be used that way, then what am I doing this series for in the first place? So mm. I made one of those, decided to build a big old house around it. Uh, and I don't know how frequently I will come back to it, but every now and then I pick up a little bit more iron ore and I'm like, yeah, I can smelt that twice as fast now, I suppose. Uh, aside from that, I've been focusing on the end. This week is going to be end week uh, for Survival Guide, which does not mean the series is coming to an end. I had a lot of very panicked comments about that. Uh, <laughs> it's the dimension, the end, not the end of the series. It's the beginning uh, of the end. Yeah. The, be- <laughs> the beginning of the end, exactly, yes. Some, some very confusing episode titles. And uh, yeah, so I'm focusing on the end. I, I started out by doing an episode about moving mobs around because, yeah, I, I wanted to eventually get to the point where I'm going to take some villagers out to the end and start a village there and kind of terraform some stuff out Ooh. there and make a big creative project out of it but uh i also wanted to remodel my stronghold portal room because i've never really done that i've mostly played on multiplayer servers where somebody else has been nearer the portal room and has had some other kind of project where they've done some stuff themselves whereas this is my first time really sticking around a stronghold for long enough that i'm like you know what i should do the place up a bit put some put some new wallpaper up and so what i've done is I've wallpapered the entire thing into in, in a, a sort of uh, 33 block long and wide and deep cube. And uh, I've done all of that in black concrete, so it looks like the void. And now the portal itself is suspended in the middle of an island made of endstone. And so I decided because I'm planning on terraforming a section of the end uh, and turning that into the overworld, I decided to turn that slice of the overworld into the end for the uh, for the portal room nice. so i got that done today uh, episodes already up on youtube and should be coming out tomorrow and that's uh, yeah that's gone very well i'm quite happy with it the next step is probably to build an enderman farm which i'm not looking forward to because i've never done it before no, actually they're, they're, they're yeah they're pretty straightforward there's i we've got one on on the citadel that i built a long long time ago and honestly the the, the most precarious thing is is just getting out there it's just, getting, just being over the void yeah yeah getting 128 blocks out there once you've got like a three by three you can kind of like leave a sigh of relief and it's like okay now, yeah. now i can now i can go about my business it's, um, it's actually, getting to that the, point that's the the, yeah, the tenuous thing yeah the endermite is also a pain in the butt trying mm-hmm. to get one of those into into a minecart is usually tedious but but other than that uh, i the thing that i find such an interesting decision to make with with uh, enderman farms is like do you want to do one where it's like a one punch thing or do you want to have it so like they're spawning so many that it's almost nonstop? But then the problem is that you you have to have like, you know, a decent sword with sweeping edge. Otherwise, you're there forever. Like you actually have to attack them from like pretty much full health. Yeah, um, I, th- I think I'm probably yeah. going to go with Nembon's latest Ender Mini design where it is just attacking them with a sword. Because I've got a pretty decent yep. sword and I'm fine taking yeah. it out to the end if I need to. But uh, yeah, people have been telling me to build an Enderman farm for a while like it was not a big deal. And I'm like, it is a big deal to me. So let me let me take this at my own pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're fun to use. I just I like the the, the the visual 
satisfaction of all of the, all the XP balls just kind of like flowing in and repairing everything. And if you get a couple of pickaxe, pickaxes that are down, like you go to an Enderman farm and you can repair them in seconds. You yeah, know, it's, it's yeah. like you hang out there for a couple of minutes to chat with the chat room if you're streaming, and then oh well, that's done. You know, that's easy to do. Yes, time, um, time to we, go. <laughs> Yeah, I've actually got a project on the Citadel with mine. We've got to redirect the Ender Pearls back into the system. We're actually starting to run low. We we teleport our Nether Pearls into spawn through the exit portal. Oh, so interesting. That in the in the overworld, if you need Ender Pearls, you just go to the spawn and grab Ender Pearls because somebody has used the Ender Ender at some point and generated hundreds and hundreds of pearls. Um, but we're starting to run low because i moved the farm and i haven't hooked up the, the pipe yet so we've got to got to do that that's that's an interesting way of doing it though like redirecting them to the exit portal i don't think i've seen anybody do that before so I, oh really yeah, yeah it was I, one of the first things we did oh, i'll have neat. to showcase it when i when i when i repair it i'll have to show it yeah please do I'd, yeah. I'd like to see how that whole system works but uh we should get on to the news anyway because we've got quite a bit to cover actually and we're going to keep the news relatively light so that we can get into talking to uh to adam about some more of his interesting works but we should go through the stuff from this this week how about joel how about you take the uh the the updates the pre-releases and then i'll talk a little bit sure. more about the the kind of convention stuff and the uh, the expos that have been happening yeah, so we saw, um, I believe, right after we finished recording the show, 1.14 pre-2 came yes. out, or was it pre-1? I think it, it might have been pre-1. Pre-1, um, pre yeah. So pre we did a little like... extra at the, in the in the post-show about pre-1, and then pre-2 came out a little bit later. Uh, so there's been another change to Iron Golem spawning. Uh, the Iron Golem gossip has been removed to stop villagers from being swarmed uh, with unnecessarily go unnecessary golems. Uh, golems will now spawn when a group of villagers uh, are frightened by a zombie, but now they can't be frightened all the time. Uh, so that's changed again. Uh, it's not a crazy change uh, after the uh, the change in pre one, but it just you know people that went out and built a farm they have to adjust it to do certain things. Yes, I think it just means that you have to have beds nearby um, with a zombie, so it's you're not gonna get a constant flow of of iron golems but you're going to still get some yeah as long as there's um, an instant where the villager realizes that they can sleep and they can work then that seems to be the only mm -hmm. and i I've, I've seen a lot of the tech community who might have you know immediately sort of <laughs> thrown it out the window and gone again the, the, they've mm -hmm. nerfed us again but it doesn't seem like that much of a nerf to me and they seem to have been on top of it pretty quickly well yeah and not to mention the the if you're building a iron farm based on a pre-release mm, you really you're kind of setting yourself up for changing things later you know yeah. you, you should at least wait for a proper okay 14.3 is done and then build your iron farm and you'll have at least a couple of weeks of it before, it's, <laughs> yes, before, before it, it changes, changes again. right <laughs> yeah so like that that would be my approach and the, the good news is though that these iron farms the new ones they're not really labor intensive like you're you don't it's not nearly as hard as it was before to to build them uh to get decent decent drops uh, the major changes, though, to uh, 14.3 in the pre-release 2 involve pillager patrols and where and how they spawn. Uh, vindicators are no longer part of the patrols. Uh, they're, uh, they're happening half as frequently. So instead of every five minutes or so, they're every 10 minutes or so, potentially. Uh, patrols no longer spawn if the block light level disallows monsters spawning. Uh, and I did a little bit of digging into some videos, and it looks like uh, that does not um count for daylight that means like things like glowstone torches 
Yeah, play, uh, lanterns, play a place like light that. sources. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're still going to be able to get a pillager patrol spawning in a field in the middle of the day, but hopefully they're not going to spawn in the middle of your build or your town because you will more than likely have lit that up for nighttime to protect yourself from creepers and skeletons and stuff like that. Uh, also, things like slabs, carpets, glass will also prevent um, pillagers spawning, which is good because I had pillagers spawning on roofs of houses, which... <laughs> Which yes. is problematic. <laughs> the, the best, the best one I've seen is a screenshot on the Minecraft Reddit where a group of pillagers was spawned on top of some bamboo stalks. So they were about oh. fifteen blocks up at the top of this bamboo <laughs> that people had built around whatever their settlement was, yeah. and it was it was oh. just great. Like they climbed that's up like, there and they were crossbowing them from the from the. That's skies. like crouching tiger, hidden dragon stuff, oh, it, right? Yeah, yeah totally. Like, like the crane kick kind of. Yeah, the the, 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 anyway. the Wuxia pillagers have come to attack. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And true to form, there's a bunch of other bug fixes, all of which are going to be linked in our show notes. Uh, you can head over to minecraft.net and, and read the, the full post. But the biggest one for me is uh, MC148600. Zombie pigmen will spread their anger forever if they can continuously respawn. Uh, this broke my uh, gold farm. Uh, I can no longer be in the area because I used the gold farm once and then now all the zombie pigmen in, in the area are always angry all the time. Uh, even even on the road leading up to the pigment farm. Uh, thankfully, we didn't anger any by accident around our nether hub because people have been having this problem where they do that by mistake. You know, you punch a pigment and then all pigmen are always angry whenever you go to the nether and it would make life very, very difficult <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if you have to get around in there. So I'm glad that that's going to be fixed. Unfortunately, it looks like they've also broken the the pigman farms by doing that. They Instead of just going back the way it was, they quote unquote fixed it. And now, now <laughs> it's gone back the other way where... Famous last words. The, yeah, they're, they're angry so seldom or their anger lasts for such a short time that the aggro chain can't continue so that you can still use the farm but you've got to shoot a snowball at a pigman like every 60 seconds so mm -hmm. yeah um, i've, so I've been following the tech community's dialogue about this though and it does seem like it is being revised again and is kind of like with a view to putting it back to the way it was in 1.13 and previous mm -hmm. um so they're they're not just you know giving it the quick fix and then sweeping it under the rug i think they're they're yeah. probably looking to revise this in a way that makes everybody happy to their credit i think at this stage yeah. and we'll have more to talk about with the java updates i'm assuming next week because with pre-release 2 now we're probably going to have a 14.3 at some point this week uh, uh, i would hope uh, yes. before the next show it, expect me to check twitter at the end of the show and find that it's already been released today <laughs> yeah potentially yeah <laughs> they seem to be doing after. this on mondays yeah <laughs> uh, but this is way. not the only news this week uh, johnny we've had some big stuff happen at uh, wwdc yeah uh that and e3 uh we've we've got a couple of announcements from those so uh we'll start with wwdc first that was the gameplay reveal of minecraft earth of course we talked about this a little bit previously that the creator summit folks had seen a little bit of Minecraft Earth in action, but they did this mm. on stage. Uh, Sax Person and Lydia Winters were there demoing it in front of people. And to me, it reminded me a little bit of the HoloLens demo, if anybody remembers that, where, you know, people were using this kind of headset apparatus in an augmented reality rather than a virtual reality headset where you could see a Minecraft build unfolding on the table in front of them. And it was basically that, but with tablets, which effectively means it's accessible to everybody because I don't think it, the, I don't think the HoloLens is even commercially available, whereas everybody's got a phone or a tablet of some kind, I say everybody a little loosely here but still um <laughs> yeah. so so it seems like the functionality there is that you can build stuff in a kind of creative mode style thing on your tabletop and then you can transfer it to a full-size version of it 
around you sort of around the area you're standing mm. and then when you're playing with that it's a little bit more like playing in survival there are mobs that can come up and interact with you they got blown up by a creeper hilariously at one point and uh yeah there were sort of tnt switches that they could pull to set things off and so it seemed a little bit like having a small sort of tabletop lego set that suddenly you can you know shrink it and grow it so it's the size of a house which seemed really interesting and it's once again going to be interesting to get a, a hands-on uh look at that once it starts to become available to people in beta and in the the full release but it's of course multiplayer so you seem to be able to interact with other people around you who are using the app not sure if that's based on any kind of friend system or not yet because presumably there'll be parental controls of some kind in there as well uh, but some really interesting stuff comes with the inclusion, or the occlusion in this case, of uh, human occlusion. It's, it's some, some tech that they've been working on. I think it's this is the kind of stuff that's iOS only because it can track the position of a person in the scene and yeah, effectively yeah. wrap the Minecraft scene around them so it looks like they're standing in that's there. All, yeah, that all comes out of, the, of, of Apple's uh, AR kit, which is, you know, they've been working... Uh, their little socks off on so it's, it's good it's just really interesting to see because i was like well this is i thought well, originally i was thinking well it's just nice but uh and it, it must have come out of hololens you mm-hmm. know because because hololens was love beautiful and everything like that but you know no one's gonna uh, let's, here's four thousand dollars <laughs> yeah like, exactly no, the, you know it's the barrier, heartbreaking the barrier you know? for entry is a little high with that one <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but this one is like so all the all the new uh ipads and stuff like that that, that, that have got the new there's a new chip in it uh, the, the AR kit is specifically built around that kind of stuff. All that kind of stuff works really well, and that occlusion stuff is is, is mind blowing. It just it feels like it's going to be re- these are now windows into augmented reality, which is really interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that, that wrap around people and, and places. Now that um, we've seen some gameplay demo from Minecraft Earth, Adam, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts, especially from like an education perspective in terms of the the products that you make, you yeah. know, and and how minecraft earth might tie into that i think yeah i mean everybody's excited within the uh minecraft education sphere everybody's really excited everybody's chomping at the bit kind of thinking about what you might be so you could go to uh, historical places you could have you could generate all sorts of different content that engages a younger audience in things that traditionally they might not have been engaged with that with i'm thinking about museums art um you know um maybe you know there, there's so much stuff that we can kind of we can that people can leverage uh engagement with with young people with this kind of stuff not only that, but you can also think about engineering. You can think about um, how how people might d- develop these things as a community of stuff. So, and I think there's a lot of schools as well which have got iPads and things like that too. So I think there's a new window opening on on what's possible and whether uh, Microsoft and, and Mojang have really thought about that kind of stuff, or you know, that that's that's to be kind of. Uh, that's to be kind of uh, unpacked in a way. Um, I mean, what what I mean, I'm interested in. in and I haven't had a go of it yet either. I've, I've talked to a couple of people who've had a bit of play, uh, and it seems really exciting. I think there's there's a, there's also kind of there seems to be pickups. Uh, uh, will give you the ability to build and kind of pick up blocks and things like that. So I'm not too sure exactly how how it all works and whether we'll be able to take stuff from our existing Minecraft builds and put it into the AR builds as well. As as kind of like I'm I'm 
I'm excited about that and also kind of nervous about it as well. That would be amazing. That's that's the dream. Yeah, that's that's take take a a structure block or something, for example, from a creative world you've got on your PC or your tablet or whatever, and then transfer that over to the AR version. And that has been available. The structure block has been available on uh, a Minecraft Education Edition, where 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 on Java Edition, the structure block was like you know copy and you know you can kind of spawn things in instantly, and it was really amazing. Structure block on on Bedrock has been you can you can export this out to a three dimensional model and print it if you want. If you know you can do all sorts of things. You can open it in three D Builder on on Windows ten. So there's all. Uh, so that I'm thinking, okay, well they've they've got that technology there, it's sitting there waiting. Yeah, the, it's, the it's, infrastructure it's all... is in place already. Yeah, absolutely. It's and people have been sharing stuff, and there's been a, a there's an AR element of Minecraft of uh, 3D Builder or three D three D Paint already there, uh, where you can put your you know you can kind of take things into virtual reality. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see be interesting to see that and how that how that operates within iOS. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What a strange combination. Uh, but uh, but all, all for the benefit of the players at the end of the day, I think. Yeah. My, uh, Microsoft seems to be playing ball a little bit more with Apple on some things, but not all things. And let's let's use that as our segue to talk about Minecraft Dungeons mm-hmm. because <laughs> I know I know the two of you as as primarily Mac users did uh, did express a little <laughs> bit of concern that Minecraft Dungeons doesn't seem to be coming out for mac os but we did get a minecraft dungeons trailer at the xbox e3 briefing and that said that the release date has moved to spring 2020 that's gonna the the trailer itself is going to be linked in the show notes we'll probably do a little bit more on this next week when we've had a bit more time to digest it because there's a lot of information in there uh but yeah they they have a an article on minecraft.net uh for the sort of gameplay reveal of Minecraft Dungeons, and you can also follow a new Twitter account that's twitter.com slash Dungeons Game. No mention of Minecraft in the, you know, the actual username, but then all of the stuff there yeah. is going to be revealing bits and pieces of Minecraft Dungeons, and presumably feature updates and stuff will be posted on there for those folks who want to uh, to follow it on Twitter. And Dungeons just looks s- like a great deal of fun, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Yeah, uh, before we move on quickly, uh, another note, I believe, I'll see if I can find a link to the tweet, but Mark Watson tweeted something where he linked a bunch of the developers that were working on Mm, Dungeons. So in addition to following the Dungeons account, you can also follow the devs, which I would highly encourage as well, um, just because he took the time to do that. Yes, yeah, and there are definitely a few few people who will have different stuff to release here and there. Like I I, mm-hmm. I noticed uh, somebody retweeted onto my timeline a link to sign up for sort of beta early access to dungeons, which I hadn't yep. seen anywhere else. It wasn't on the the sort of right. official website or anything. So links like that are going around, but it's it's you know, if you're just following one dev or the other, you might get the scoop on that. So uh yeah, yep. definitely definitely <laughs> worth following those people. What do you think of the trailer, Johnny? I really like the look of it. I think it's it's doing what I've wanted in vanilla Minecraft for a while, which is different lighting and different colored lighting because it really adds a different atmosphere to each of the environments. And you had players mm-hmm. walking through sections that were kind of lit with those sort of yellow flickering, you know, brazier torch kind of lights. And then some stuff that was lit by moonlight. So it was a lot more kind of blue and tungsten kind of looking. And there was a lot of environmental detail there that looked very different to what we already have in minecraft so Mm. i'm a little bit 
I'm a little bit concerned that the overall community vibe is going to be, well, the Dungeons has all of this stuff. Why can't we have that stuff in the, in the vanilla game? And yeah, the, the answer <laughs> yes, is, I think, because yeah. so many of these features are being developed with the dungeon crawler thing in mind that maybe just wouldn't work in a sandbox environment. Might be a little bit different. And like stuff like having a key mob that opens a specific door where in vanilla minecraft you would probably just knock down that door with your pickaxe it's like no nobody does right. the, the the jungle temple trap the the way they're supposed to you just mine through the cobblestone to get to the treasure that kind of stuff so <laughs> yeah i sort of wonder exactly how you could port those features into into the vanilla game other than just giving you more unbreakable blocks but yeah, no, the, the the creatures they've got in there, there seem to be some kind of large, hostile golem-looking things that are more rocky and uh, very kind of stylized and interesting. The character designs look really fun. The variety of weapons looks great. It does look like it has some depth to it, just judging by the amount of different items the players had in their interface from the brief glimpses we got of that. And it does mm -hmm. seem to be separating itself in terms of a combat style very distinctly from core minecraft gameplay so it does look like a very fresh experience and i was watching a couple of people who uh aren't necessarily minecraft players or have played minecraft after a, after a while they just got bored of it and they were like okay i'm tapped out on minecraft never going to play that again who were watching the e3 conference and they said you know what this actually looks really good <laughs> i said i'd never touch <laughs> minecraft again but they're they're probably going to reel me back in with this one well something that most classic dungeon crawlers have or i guess say should not have uh or not should not but don't tend to have is a lot of color mm -hmm. and i think that's something that really jumps out about the trailer to me is this like yes it's a dungeon crawler and yeah there's some dark corners but even in the dark corners the oranges are bright orange and uh, similar to minecraft like lava is like crazy bright and i i feel like it adds a bit of fun even just visually you know to what is usually like you know spiders and shadows and stuff and i mean not that every game looks the same but the mood tends to be the same uh, but in this you're like they're going through what looks to be a spooky dungeon and there's like carpets and plants and you know different patterns and things um i was guilty of of looking at this and seeing some blocks in the background kind of going like ah that looks like a real barrel. I wouldn't mind having that in Minecraft. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, look, that's a rope bridge. I'd like to have that rope fence. That looks doable in Minecraft. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, my yeah. brain was totally flipping on all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Same with the mushrooms and some of the plants. The things that would be, I don't want to say inconsequential, but would not really take much to add to vanilla Minecraft, like mushrooms and different kind of like... Yeah, all of the building blocks dot... and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, not even, not, not even just building blocks, just aesthetic stuff. Like just having yeah. different plants around would, you know, add, add a lot of stuff mm -hmm. to it. But uh, but yeah, I'm also curious about some of the new mobs that they outlined in the article on Minecraft.net. Now, some of them like that key you mentioned, obviously the key golem is not something that would be very useful in vanilla Minecraft. However one of the other skeleton mobs that they mentioned, I can't remember what they called them, skeleton high guard or something. Uh, and there is also a, a, a leader and he is, he controls the undead. And so uh, granted it could be a potentially a new boss. Uh, I also like the idea of just having a different, a different level of mob in, in the game. And those skeletons, they're the same model with just some different armor on. So like you could, it would be something that would be not a huge hurdle to see it potentially come to vanilla Minecraft. I, I looking at that article i didn't realize that the golem thing i was talking about the big kind of hulking thing is called the redstone monstrosity 
and, oh, yeah. and that's what I call basically any redstone circuit that I do. So it's it's great for me. <laughs> it, it kind of it, it fits in pretty well. So uh, so yeah, it's it, it seems like a very pure gameplay experience. As the, as we reported previously, it doesn't seem like there's really elements of building or creativity so much in the the traditional sense that we're used to. But in terms of you know your loadout and the different stuff that you choose to to do and the fact that you can also play mm. with friends is really great as well, it's well yeah i mean I, I wonder about so my big questions are are can you play it single player mm -hmm. does it have to does it require group play especially to take down complicated mob uh boss mobs if you like uh there seem to be kind of packs of of mobs as well so it's like so that's what uh, that's what, those are the kind of questions I've got. And what's the overall story? And is it linear? How linear is it? How kind of you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a, there's there's lots lots and lots of questions ahead uh, to figure out when, what this all this means. Yeah, <laughs> for us. Yeah. I, I imagine even even if it's geared towards having groups of players, there'll probably still be a single player experience. And if not, some mad lad is going to do it anyway. Because I, <laughs> yes. I I remember I remember playing Destiny back in the days when people were doing a raid just by themselves using like. A drum pad from Rock Band or something. So mm -hmm. there's there's definitely going to be people out there who will accomplish what is otherwise fairly impossible. Unless there's yeah. one of those puzzles where somebody has to like stand on one switch and then somebody else has to stand on the other switch to open yeah, a door. Yeah. But right. that that seems unnecessarily cruel to single player people. So <laughs> no. Um, and Minecraft Dungeons on Twitter has confirmed someone had said, uh, "Do I have to fight alone?" And they said, "Yes. Wait. No. Uh, sure. If you like. But up to four players can fight through the dungeons together right, okay. in a four-player okay. co-op, both local and online." Uh, D. Diablo 3 was like that. You could go through and power through on your own. Exactly. Or you could yeah. bring in a player and they would just fight along with you in your game. And and I believe the content would scale. So like if you're fighting four spiders and you bring in a player to, to fight with you, you might be fighting six to eight spiders in that same scenario. Yeah. They just kind of bring it up so that it's not four players on the same content doesn't become auto easy mode, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Right, uh, let's move on, and we're going to move on to uh, just chatting to Adam about some of the stuff that uh, that you do in, in the Minecraft space, but um, since we've just gone through all of the news and everything, we might as well circle back to something we were talking about in the pre-show. Um, as somebody who mostly uses Minecraft for creative projects and collaborations, how close of an eye do you keep on stuff like we've just talked about, the updates and changes to the game? Because... We hear quite a lot about how, you know, bug fixes and features are rolling out and that's going to change the game for survival players. How much does it change for somebody who's a map maker? Do you study the change logs and worry when some things get fixed and some features <laughs> get changed? Or or is it more just focusing on other aspects of the game in your latest projects? Yeah, I mean, one of the nice things is, uh, especially for Bedrock, we get we get pre-pre-release um, access. So we, can, we get a, a really early kind of go at uh, breaking how do we break maps <laughs> yeah <laughs> sort of testing um so we're you know we're ahead of that and also there's there's a really lovely there's a big slack channel and there's also kind of all the creator channels as well uh, on um, on discord as well so there's a whole kind of community of people kind of chatting about stuff more than i could actually possibly actually keep up with to be honest yeah so, Discord tends to get that way after a while <laughs> yeah it's a behemoth of, of kind of information that you that you that that you have to sort of drill down into. So, so for us, I think for me, it's like you know, I'm interested in things that will things that will currently break our current maps that are out there, uh, but also kind of keeping an eye on things that are potential. I mean, my optimistic side is like 
oh wow, that looks really amazing. How could we use that in an unusual and different way than what it might have originally been designed for? So those are the kind of things I, I'm, I'm interested in and keen to kind of uh, try and understand and, and, and take a look at. So, for, I mean, for example, when the bell appeared, you know, I was like, how can we use this uh, to, to, you know, can we detect it? You know, what? How, you know, I was thinking, you know, that ring sound obviously affects a mob. Can we detect that? Or can we, you know, can we can we track its power? Oh, all that kind of stuff. Its distance, things like that. So, so those are the kind of things. Those are the questions I ask all the time. Yeah, when new stuff comes out, what will it break? And yeah, what can I use? There's a little bit of a trial and error process for everybody figuring out so how some of those those new features work but um let, let's let's roll back even further and start at the beginning how how did minecraft enter your life to begin with and mm -hmm. follow up to that how soon did you see its potential as a tool for education because that's quite a lot of what you do is collaborations with museums and and arts councils and things like that and looking into how it can be used to educate people yeah um yeah okay so so right you know so before minecraft i mean i, I remember seeing i remember playing minecraft i remember seeing a, a, a notch's video i remember downloading a version of it and it had you know three blocks right yeah uh, and i was and i was like that's interesting and i left it be yeah <laughs> you know, as, I, as, I, as i think a lot of people did yeah 20 minutes and i thought well that's fine and then um uh but I was, I mean, at that point, uh, you know, 10 years ago, whatever it was, um, and I was uh, I was working in schools, I was doing workshops, uh, I was a sort of digital arts practitioner, um, so schools would often bring me in and I, we would do animation or we'd do kind of bits and, bits and pieces like that, and I, I'd been starting to bring in, I'd do filmmaking, things like that. And I've been uh, I've been bringing I've been playing spore with children, and we used to I used to make spore creatures with them and do narrative storytelling with spore. So uh, and then I I had a technique where I could superimpose a bit like augmented reality nowadays. I we created a spore creature, and then I could put it on the table in front of us, and we'd all go, "Oh, look at this spore creature!" And it's like <laughs> and making kind of funny noises. So. I've been playing video games with kids for a long time uh, and I've done a little bit of Second Life as well and Second Life was great and I thought what I liked about Second Life was like here a group of people from very different places around the country and I lived rurally in Cumbria so access to kind of interesting voices and kind of artists and thinkers around the world was difficult you know they're not down the road <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah but online they could be yeah yeah and and um uh, and Second Life gave me that opportunity to talk to people from all over the world and really interesting stuff. But Second Life also had a load of weird problems. You know, there's it's a kind of mad place that sometimes is, is quite reasonably dangerous for children and things mm -hmm. like that. And so I had, I was like, I'd love to use this because all the tools are really good for building, but, you know, some of the content is kind of dubious and all that kind of stuff. And then along comes Minecraft. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is this is it. So it's a Minecraft offered this uh, a virtual space where I, a groups of people can come together from diff disparate places around the, the world, if needs be, and we could build together. And we can, and and, uh, and there wasn't any dubious content. You know, we're all these weird blocky creatures. You know, uh, but we can kind of create stuff together. And that's where I thought, you know, this could change uh, how how people engage with how people have ideas how people communicate uh, and that kind of online space uh became very uh became a online creative space that we could communicate with um and in and uh, so that's uh, and, and uh, the way i got into it was an ex-student of mine uh phoned me up at home <laughs> uh, uh, and he said uh, hello adam and i was like what peter how are you doing 
He goes, uh, I've just uh, I've just bought Minecraft. I bought Minecraft yesterday and I played it for six hours nonstop. You've got to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> That's as, as much recommendation as you need at that point. This yeah, is, yeah. This, and I was like, this game. I was is like, a you huge sure? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> sure. Uh, and I, you know, and that's and we bought it, and that it, when we when I first bought it, it, it wasn't multiplayer. So I remember the first time it became multiplayer, and it was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, uh, and I used to, I used to in in schools where uh, schools had really rubbish computers with an integrated graphics chip, and we used to play it on uh, online <laughs> in a web browser. <laughs> And, uh, and just reduce the fog so it's, you could see like maybe four blocks in front of you. But it was a great, it was a great way of doing it. It was free, you know. Anybody could, have, we could just get on there and just sort of build, and that's that's kind of how it all started for me. Yeah, it's really interesting how quickly it becomes a collaborative experience as well, because a lot of games these days, especially, tend to be quite competitive. But mm. Minecraft is almost the opposite. You you build something and then you want to share it with somebody, or you start as a team and you want to build something together and and it becomes a a collaborative if you're playing survival minecraft it's also helping each other survive in the world but then yeah. it quickly becomes like what can we build how far can we push the limits of this kind of thing and i yeah i i started playing minecraft on xbox and i didn't have anybody to really play with at the time mm. and so since then my whole journey in minecraft has been all about who can i you know collaborate with who can i talk to how can i share the stuff that i'm making because as a single player experience it's quite involving but then you feel the need to spread it a little bit further so it's yeah. it's neat and obviously your collaborations have led to a, a huge variety of institutions who might not necessarily have considered minecraft as an an outlet for for stuff like the arts and so forth and and you've, yeah. you've you've taken yeah. that to them which is kind of the next step really yeah and that was you know <sighs> kind of like by accident in a way in many ways um i mean there was the the, the one organizer i i i did some work i remember i was working at a museum and it was called tully house it was in, in carlisle and tully house is a it's got lots of roman stuff and it's got some art and things like that so it's a kind of museum art gallery and i'd been doing some film work with them and and I said, uh, and I'd also been experimenting at home with Minecraft, and I've been using satellite data to make topographical maps of where I lived. Uh, and the night before, I'd been I'd done this topographical map of of the north of England, and I was like, and I'd seen on the map, I'd seen Hadrian's Wall, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I mapped Hadrian's Wall and plotted Hadrian's Wall along along this topographical data. And then the next day, uh, you know, I do my work at the museum, and I'm chatting to the museum people, and I'm like, oh, last night, right? You'll never guess what I did. I, uh, I I made this topographical data using blah blah blah, and I put Hadrian's Wall, and their eyes widened and widened <laughs> and widened and they were like <gasps> and they and they that what they were thinking was like oh my gosh we could get some funding <laughs> for this and this would be and we could attract and at that point minecraft was still a grown-up game all right children weren't really playing it mm -hmm. <laughs> so we did it we did something called museum at night where we had uh sort of uh we, we got some builders from around the world to kind of do a live stream build and we got and it was a post 16 nightclub kind of atmosphere with drinks and a nightclub and a dj and things like that and we had minecraft built at one end of it and stuff and we had grannies coming in and everybody you know it was, it, and we had that kind of experience with uh, with the museum and that was my first kind of experience where i thought oh my gosh this could really you know this is massively engaging people really love it and they're, they're seeing the world in a very different way and that's minecraft was able to do that and engage people 
and engage new audiences with ideas that were about Roman life and building techniques and uh, you know and we're using a museum as a source material to inspire us to create some some amazing work within Minecraft and then that is communicated to wider and wider circles uh, around the world and it's not just building that's really kind of stuff you can communicate through Minecraft I mean some of your work has tackled things like loss and grief uh, you've had yeah. global issues like wildlife conservation and the new book I was I was reading through the um, the kind of preview of it that's available on Amazon uh, Minecraft yeah. life hacks lab for kids and it's looking at things like teaching leadership skills and emotional intelligence yeah. and cultural understanding and so yeah. uh, I was wondering what you think makes Minecraft such an effective medium for handling subjects like this especially for kids you know you're talking about it being an adult game before and now yeah. it's sort of a family game but it still feels like it's targeted towards younger players and so introducing concepts like that to younger players why is Minecraft the thing that makes that stuff click yeah, it's interesting, and I think, and I, and I suppose that's you know that's why there are leaders in it as well now, because a lot of the times, you know, Minecraft for children when Minecraft um, comes in front of a child, uh, they immediately they understand it. They're like, yeah, this is fine. I completely get it, uh, because children will use will overlay their imagination on top of something. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes a narrow, you know. So when an adult looks at Minecraft who's not played it before, sometimes they see what they see is they see a world of coloured cubes that have got textures on, uh, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they don't see dirt. They don't see um, uh, creatures. They don't see, you know. So they don't see a narrative. What they see is they, you know, they see they see some quite something quite. Uh, hard-edged and artificial um but when children see minecraft and play within that kind of world they uh that they have they have their natural uh storytelling narrative stuff bursts out of them and they they feel completely at home and it feels really super authentic uh for them and it's it feels it's uh it's it's perfect they're perfectly happy uh because it's it minecraft requires in a way half of your imagination to fill in the gaps and i think that's why it's so powerful for young people um, and so that's why a book like uh, our unofficial Minecraft Life Haps Lab for Kids means that we can use Minecraft to explore emotional intelligence and whatever that is. You know, we can explore kind of how to be a good citizen, how to be an online citizen, how to. Uh, so, I mean, our, our thing, our, that our book is, is is split up into kind of skills. So these are the sort of skills that you're going to need: leadership quality, collaboration, uh, you know, kind of creative skills, thinking skills. Uh, and then we've, and then we offer a bunch of um, projects that use those skills to create something. Uh, and so, you know, one of those like um, uh, intergenerational stuff. Uh, so how to talk to older people, how to, you know, we do that kind of stuff, which is really interesting. And so. You know that's um, and I love that kind of work. Uh, I love I love the fact that we can use a get a video game uh, that everybody's really familiar with, and it's you know it's, it's just become the most pop. You know, it, the, the outselling pretty much even Tetris. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's it's got a certain ubiquitousness. It's everywhere you look around the world. Um, and so and there so there got... is there is like a level of familiarity to it, even if people haven't necessarily played. They sort of know what Minecraft is. Or, yeah, or at the very yeah. least, it's an easy enough concept to grasp, I suppose. Yeah, and I think, and I think a lot of what what Microsoft has done is that they, you know, they what they do is they 
they give a family legitimacy to it as well and an educational legitimacy to it as well so that's i mean and it's all work that's we've with that people like me and Stephen reed and dragnos have been doing for years and years and years um but now you know now if there's a global network of people and teachers who are kind of using minecraft to engage in uh in you know traditional teaching or kind of you know all this kind of stuff so it's really so it's a really it's a really lively space to be in um to be kind of creating this kind of stuff and to sharing ideas and to um and, and to making this kind of work a reality for myself you know as i said you know i'm you know my name is adam clark and i work i you know i play minecraft for a living uh, it is quite literally uh, what i do every day mm-hmm. how, how in the cases where you do have to convince people of minecraft's <laughs> value in that yeah. kind of space like who who is the hardest sell is it the teachers who might not want to introduce video games into the classroom yeah is it yeah. parents who are you know trying to get them away from playing video games so they can study yeah, yeah. or is it students who are more likely to want to goof off and actually play what they think of as the game being survival minecraft yeah. Yeah, yeah, or play Fortnite. Um, yeah, exactly. That, that's yeah. that too. How, how hard? How hard is it to to tell people to play Minecraft and not play Fortnite? Yeah, um, it's um, the the Fortnite thing. I think has come and gone. So that's an, that's an interesting sort of. But I think I think a lot of people got tired of, of of Minecraft. But I think recently all the new stuff that's come out has brought a massive. Uh, massive load of people back, and also my son, who's a, I've got a son who's eleven years old, and he, him and his friends. I mean, my house is full of computers, mm-hmm. full of Xbox. You know, because it's 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 work, honestly. Um, but it, so basically, all the kids from the village pile in, and they all play Minecraft together. Now, the difference between playing Minecraft together and the difference between playing Fortnite together is that they have got three types of world: a creative world, a survival world, and a kind of a mixture right. <laughs> world where they can you know noodle about in. Uh, but they love it because it's somewhere to build, and the, so they have role play stuff. They kind of have different kind of game styles. They kind of have the survival stuff. They've all got their own horses. They've got kind of you know a panda farm. It is endless, endless kind of creative play, and that kind of creative play is you. Do, where do you get that? You know, in the world mm-hmm. as a child nowadays. Uh, you can get it outdoors, but a lot of parents are like, oh, I don't know about outdoors. Uh, you know. Um, so Minecraft really fulfills that kind of gap where where creative play is just an absolute joy, safe. You know, they all log in, they all come around. I mean, we play on the land, they all come around here, and and, it, and it's it's just a joy. So there's so kids and parents, I think, you know, they, they come around to it, and you can kind of there's lots of stuff out there now that you can point to. Mm-hmm. My, I think my hardest sells has been when I'm going for funding, right? And people have got, and you know, I'm saying, look, it's going to cost you know thousands of pounds. <laughs> yeah. Then what? Uh, so because people are to, so to make a Minecraft map in the past, uh, it's a service-based industry. Yeah. So you're paying for people's time to create stuff. Yeah. And so a lot of my stuff. So my role in that, if you like, has been as a creative producer. So I would go in and I would say, uh, someone, someone would have seen me do a talk or something like that, where I kind of gush about Minecraft and how brilliant it is and stuff like that, and they're like. <gasps> Can we get? Can we do this? So they invite me in to talk to the the often a board, yeah. <laughs> of people in suits, and I've got to kind of convince those people. And I think, I think we can start talking about numbers. And I've been really lucky because obviously, because I work with Stampy, um, and because I've got that kind of YouTube stuff under my belt. You know, we I can say here's a video that we did, and it's educational. And as you can see, this video got three million people looking at it. 
and they're like what and I said that and that's just one video and there's 24 of them you know so and so when we you can you know with those sort of numbers people are like okay so there's something about this this and often with museums I mean you know I've been to a lot of museum conventions and museum conventions are strange places because they they all have the same issue which is like how do we engage young people mm -hmm. with museums yeah um and and I suppose Mycroft fulfilled a kind of magic bullet in many ways um and I was lucky enough to kind of be part of some of the kind of the work that's 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 pioneered some of that, which is, which is um, you know, working with Tate and doing the Museum of London and stuff like that as well, which means I I'm, I'm always like okay, there are some really fantastic builders around the world, we've got to get them to build our stuff and to tell a story and to kind of and to and and, and then to you know give it away to to the people, uh, so kids and and other people can can enjoy this work. Yeah, so that's kind of. Those are kind of the spaces. So it's about there's an often often an initial uh, reason uh, to convince people, but once it's done and dust, once it's up and running, you know, then um, then a lot of parents they kind of get it, um, especially now. Um, I think back in the day, we were all struggling to try and convince people that it it made a lot of sense because there's this kind of anxiety about video games and screen time. Um, and I have it as well in my son. I'm like, mm, you know, but he's got his head in a book all the time. So, you know, I'm like, get your head out of a book and play a video game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like su such a strange order of priorities. But yes. uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, um, I feel too like, did you did you fall into the role of, say, like a creative production manager? Or do you actually have a background in, in that kind of work? Before, no, like before I, Minecraft was a thing, like did you work in animation or television or anything no, like that? No, no, no. Yeah, you're right. I didn't. I was, was self-employed. So I was a self-employed uh, jobbing artist, if you like, who kind of, who, um, uh, who'd done a couple of projects with museums. And so the museum uh, at night thing really got, got my foot in the door. And then I found myself becoming a producer. Yeah. I found, you know, and I, it's only until later that you kind of think, how would I define what I do? And a lot of the time I was like, I don't know what I, you know, I'm sort of, sort of but I, you know, so me as a producer, mm -hmm. I would go in, I would find the funding, I would bring people together around that kind of funding and, and around goals as well and objectives. And then I would, then I would hire um, under, uh, using that funding, a, a, a group of builders, uh, mechanic people, some script writers, and all the other, all the other different moving parts. And then I would, from my house in you know use skype or you know now discord to kind of communicate to all these people and a lot of these people were all all the way around the world so the globe became a really good marketplace to kind of get the best kind of talent to kind of create this stuff in, in the first place um, mm. so yeah, i found myself becoming finding this role and finding my feet within it yeah over time and without keep... getting into discussing like the nitty-gritty of numbers and stuff when you're hiring a minecraft builder because i think I'm, I'm sure a lot of our younger listeners, their ears just mm. kind of perked up and went, hey, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I can you, get that, paid that to build stuff? Yeah. That's a thing now? Um, well, because I mean, I'm a freelance artist. I have been for wow, 20 years now. So mm. when it comes to uh, actually hiring, you know, Minecraft builders, do you find that like the rates for those kind of creative projects are still on par with like, say, hiring an illustrator, hiring a graphic designer in more, we'll say traditional known kind of like freelance yeah artist yeah, yeah. terms so yeah i mean so, so so i did illustration at university so in terms of that kind of commercial illustrator i know that i was terrible at it personally but i know the kind of i know what's needed um yes uh and yeah you're right there, there is i mean 
often what I would do, I mean, I think it's about balancing. I always want to pay people a a, decent, a living wage, yeah? Mm-hmm. So it's about, be, so the budget had to include a living wage that would get you the thing that you wanted and uh, and people wouldn't people wouldn't go over you know they what i would hate to do is is get people to you know build over what they've when they get paid for you know and so building is time um so how much time do you get you know and what kind of tools do you need and all that kind of stuff so there's a there's a whole range of stuff so build teams are good because they will often give you a, a block price um uh, and uh, and and but, i mean i i've i've also been you know looking for people to kind of get under our wing who are interested in kind of building uh and interested in kind of following that career and and there isn't really a school a minecraft school at the moment you know i think that would be an interesting space uh because yeah. there are all the builders out there uh i mean you know blockworks for example i was i was paying blockworks thousands of pounds for for a good couple of years uh, and then one day um i remember talking to uh the head of block with james delaney i was like and he said uh next, next couple of projects adam i might not be able to do them and i was like why is that james are you getting a job or something a real job or whatever he goes no i'm going to university and i was like james how old are you because i'd never actually uh we'd only met <laughs> online right so he'd done block works just from the sixth form uh stu- you know he you know he was a boy <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow. So these, so these was these were young, talented people being entrepreneurial with some of their skills and gathering people, often doing all nighters and stuff like that, you know, um, and, and creating stuff and creating magic for us, um, and being paid for it pretty well. But they were, but they no, nobody has been taught how to do it, and I think that kind of wild west. Uh, attitude to it all has been uh, is, is is quite well I, I quite like that kind of stuff anyway i quite like kind of doing something n- that nobody has done before uh and finding out how it works and getting underneath its skin um figuring you, that stuff out and you, you sort of wonder if formalizing it and making sort of a a minecraft school even if it's just kind of like a summer course kind of thing but having yeah. a sort of educational program a curriculum for building or for redstone or for anything mm, like that mm. might just sanitize it a little bit too much from that kind of wild west feel but it also totally. it totally. also might encourage people to seek out careers in places that they wouldn't traditionally expect to find them so it's... yeah and i think and I, I mean for me it would be like you know it I think there's a there's creative there's creative aspects to uh, to building in Minecraft that are that those skills are transferable. Yeah. So if you if you draw and sketch and kind of doodle and and you know have have kind of an, an artistic flair, whether it's in music, whether it's in uh, you know poetry, script writing, all this kind of stuff, those things can be harnessed around Minecraft and Minecraft content creation, and they can also be kind of put into other kind of video games. And I think what Minecraft is doing is it's it has got a cultural cultural significance that is transferring to other games and you start you you know we're going to see more and more games uh that give the opportunity to the player to create their own content with it um you know we've, we're seeing dreams on uh, uh, on the playstation uh by uh, media molecule as a good example of, of a kind of a game that's been in development for about seven years but i think you know they they want that kind of uh, they want that kind of they want to occupy that kind of space as well and it's a very similar to things what Minecraft does, which means you know it's a, it's a space where we can all create stuff ourselves. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I think you know, for me, how do we how do we how do we give young people the opportunities that um, to, to kind of become content creators? 
uh, and I think it's maybe it's just that you know people want to be a content creator and it's a little bit of YouTube maybe a little bit of uh, learning how to have Facebook and Instagram what kind of works um, uh, and a little bit of kind of building stuff and sharing that work out with other people in a good and positive manner yeah I feel like there's an uphill battle with with YouTube and I mean in the same way that the internet at large has in my view affected you know what I do with illustration in that there's so much content out there that you can get either cheap or free that mm. more and more lately it's been hard to convince uh you know professional contractors to you know of my professional illustration rates of you know 20 years experience mm. i would imagine to try and eke out a living as a professional minecrafter would be even harder because minecraft content in terms of build tutorials and all that kind of stuff mm. has started off free like it's the youtube yeah. phenomenon has like put this like oh why would i pay for a minecraft course if i can just go to youtube and watch hundreds of thousands of videos <laughs> for nothing yeah, uh, yeah i mean obviously the quality is 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 your crapshoot there like you don't know exactly where yeah. i think i think ultimately you're, you're, you're land there it would be about curating that experience somehow and like if, mm. if not just pointing you to the youtube channels that are quote unquote the good ones but i think yeah taking some of those skills and applying them the same way you would apply teaching a course you know it's, it's all very well to yeah uh to have somebody read a book about physics but if they're not necessarily being taught physics by somebody or if they don't have the hands-on experience with you know the the physics kind of lab classroom stuff that happens then mm. some people just don't learn enough by watching people so i think i think you're, you're sort of harnessing all of the different ways people can learn if you're putting it into yeah. a, a sort of in-person course or even an online course but something that's yeah. a bit more guided and I think you know self self learning is really is really effective as well, and people are doing that with Minecraft uh, with uh, YouTube all the time. But again, signposting that kind of stuff is a good is a good way to short shorten the, the, that the time you spend online searching for this stuff yourself. If you've got yeah. experts there who can kind of guide you into kind of and podcasts like this are kind of good examples of that. That you know you're basically signposting your listeners uh, into. A variety of different spaces that they're interested in, so they're you know they're going to follow their interests along the along these particular lines, mm. uh, and just make discoveries for themselves, and then feed back to that wider community as well, um, either in the in the Twitter sphere and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's I mean yeah, I'd be interesting to see how uh, any university courses. I mean, you, you have game making courses now, but they're often Unity or kind of you know that, that kind of high end stuff. Never really Minecraft, but I think Minecraft would be useful i mean you've there's a couple of films out that use minecraft to kind of uh, block out kind of certain scripts and stuff like that, certain three-dimensional ideas already so minecraft is a cheap simple straightforward way to kind of understand things concepts ideas um and it and it and it doesn't seem to be stopping you know it seems to be as popular if not more popular than it than it's ever has been so uh yeah i'm interested in uh in seeing how that how it still develops, especially with all these new stuff that's come out as well, the AR stuff, um, uh, and uh, um, you know, with Minecraft Earth, and also the Dungeoneering one as well. So yeah, interesting. Looping back around to talking about map making and stuff, you're now mm. effectively making illustrations for picture books in Minecraft, <laughs> yeah. uh, and yeah. you said you did a lot of the building for that yourself. So you, you're sort of specialising now in creating these large kind of humans sculptures, but on a on a massive scale. So I was looking at the scale of these and thinking that can't possibly be built by hand. I know. Uh, yeah. So, so what kind of tools do you use to create 
scenes for projects like for example that's why i love minecraft where you've got a lot of uh, sort of yeah. female figures standing in a sort of fairly abstract way with blocks above their heads and stuff yeah are those plugins like uh, world painter and that kind of stuff yeah i mean uh, yeah i mean there's a range of tools that you learn i mean i think what what so so again, for, from an illustration point of view, I come back to that. The, the brief that I had, so we had a poem uh, written by Tony Walsh, and within that book, it was like the, the reasons why I love Minecraft, and each of those statements about why I love Minecraft got, and I sort of did a thumbnail drawing of each one, and I wanted this figure to be, I wanted it, I wanted the figure to represent what we do in Minecraft. We're playful, we play inside this uh, inside this world. So I wanted it to be quite an organic human figure. Uh, quite high resolution who's almost picking up chunks of the of the earth and kind of playing with it and kind of so when i think about minecraft i think about uh it as being some a lot of people say minecraft is like digital lego and i'm like for me it's like digital clay it's much more shapely and kind of you know you can kind of manipulate it so that's those that's, that's kind of i wanted these giant figures in there um and the way i and i there's a bit of there's a bit of online jewelry pokery so the way I do it is um, I've got, I use a 3D program. Uh, I actually used a Poser. Do you ever remember Poser? <laughs> it's like, especially on a Mac, it was uh, it was used on, I actually used it on my Mac. Uh, and it was an old Poser 4 or something like that. And I got a figure and I got this, I found this girl, I thought, wow, this looks good. Uh, and I put her in a t-shirt and jeans and some shoes and I got her posed in different positions. And then I used another program, so I, poses figure exported that as an obj uh as a a three-dimensional file put it into another program which changed that obj file into voxels and then i took that voxel and i put it using mc edit into a minecraft world right and okay. i posed it <laughs> and then i took the minecraft world online uh and uh, in, and then used world painter and another another uh, thing called go paint or go brush uh, which allows me to paint different blocks onto uh, onto the Minecraft thing. So I painted it blue shirt, you know, jeans and stuff like that, different hair and things like that. And then I brought that, you know, and then I brought it all back again, and then I transfer, you know. So there's there's this massive, massive long process. Um, yeah, it it's certainly a little bit more convoluted, it would seem, and not in a bad way, just in a, in a kind of way that means you're you're finding a a whole variety of tools get worked into the yeah. process instead of doing what we do in survival or even in sort of standard creative minecraft where you're just building everything one block at a time it's a much yeah, more yeah. kind of holistic overview of everything first absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's it's more it's more it's, it's techniques um and I, I find it you know for me it's like akin to um uh yeah sculptural techniques that we might be using like we're casting something yeah and then we're taking that cast and we're turning it into bra you know it's like it's that kind of it's that kind of methodology so it has got traditions um and we're just using digital um techniques to kind of uh to to, to pull things out at the end of the day and right at the end all that stuff was 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 rendered in something called chunky um and then uh, and then and then i took photos of, of the cumbrian skyline and i i did a little bit of photoshopping and a bit of vignetting and a bit of color correcting to get it print ready uh so it could go and to, to be turned into a book so there's this massive swell of kind of of skills and stuff like that, that i've learned over the years all coming to all coming to kind of bear down on on that one problem and the problem was i wanted to make an image that when kids saw it they would go no way did you build that you know and it would be mind-blowing and that's what 
that's what that's the effect that I wanted. So it does trick, you know, when the kids, kids find that, like, oh, you didn't make that yourself. It's like, well, I did, but not in the way you think. Um, in, in a much more convoluted and weird way, yeah. but it's not hand built. Yeah, and I, th- so I there's think that kind of. I think it can be impressive enough on its own just to go yeah. through that process. I mean, maybe for for us when we're a little bit older, we kind of understand that it's not just been built in the game, but there's so much other creativity and and mm. like l- learning has gone into using all of those tools in themselves. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. know, you've had to kind of teach yourself yeah. how to do it. And I think the image the image itself had to have a had to speak to you. You know, it had to. You know, we had to. If it was just you know if it's images like that can be like oh that's cool and it's you know forgettable but if it's an image that's connected to words and it's telling a story and it's kind of kind of got so it does that extra thing what and it's what illustration when illustration works really well especially in picture books it it draws you in and it keeps your attention and you can pour over the image and find little hidden bits and pieces in there as well and that's what i think uh, that's what the, that's what's charming about it all um so that's you know yeah, I'm quite proud of it in a way because uh, it's like, oh, I'm an illustrator again. You know, <laughs> you know, thirty years later uh, after <laughs> after finished my course. Um, so so that's you know that's been a, that's been a quite a joy. Um, and also now we're doing we're taking that. I've still got all those assets, so we're now making a Minecraft map out of it all, where we we'll, we can actually go on a roller coaster ride through all of those giant builds in Bedrock and listen to the poem. Uh, and then maybe even explore so they're all on little kind of islands and explore kind of some of these massive builds in a bit more detail up close and personal if you like uh, as a Minecraft player um, so that's what we're we're up to now cool we'll, we'll have to make sure to share out a link to that once it's once it's ready yeah. once it's out there in the world so that yeah, uh, yeah. listeners of the show who are going back to this episode can find that well this has been a fascinating conversation and I'm sure we're going to get a little bit more talked about in the pre-show but as for the main show I think we should probably wrap it up there so Adam thank you so much for taking the time to join us on today's episode of the Spawn Chunks where can people go if they want to find out more about you and the work that you do Okay, so I mean, I've got a website which is wah, 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 thecommonpeople.tv. That's kind of my little website, and that that sort of lists all the, all the bits and pieces that I've done. Uh, if you want to kind of uh, say hello to me, you can find me on Twitter as at thecommonpeople, uh, all one word, and uh, you can kind of find find me there. And I'm always on Twitter, pretty much every day, posting bits and pieces all the time. Fantastic stuff. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Spawn Chunks. You can find more information about the show and links to some of the things we've talked about today, including Adam's links, at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show was composed by me, and The Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get some value out of the show, why not consider putting some value back in? You can visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join our community, where pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat and get us closer to our next patreon milestone goal we're currently at 111 patrons which is an increase from last week so thank you guys for the the new folks who have signed on recently and special thanks to our content engineers jd williamson pajitos and yitz for their support on this episode sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show you can find us at the spawn chunks on twitter and instagram but a personal recommendation is by far the best way to share the podcast with friends server mates and other places that you talk about minecraft i suggest always to poke a friend in the arm recommending the show in person is always the best way and it goes a long long way you can email the show at thespawnchunks at gmail.com you can also find us on itunes android stitcher and spotify and while you're out there leave us a review just like i physics 
in the U.S. iTunes store. This is from a couple weeks ago. This podcast is absolutely amazing. Well, thank you very much, Physics. This show covers countless topics on Minecraft and provides engaging content I always cannot wait to hear. Advertisement free and community involved, this podcast covers all of the bases. If you're interested in hearing about the latest news on Minecraft, the daily lives of Minecrafters, just wait and listen to a casual discussion. This podcast is for you. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much for the five-star review. There are a number of other reviews on there as well, and they do a great job of bumping the podcast up in the ranks, especially with big platforms like iTunes going through changes in how the podcasts and stuff are delivered this summer. Yeah, so it's all, it's all again, splitting up now, isn't it? Yeah, so. yeah. So, so keep an eye on that. Uh, if you have a platform that you can't find us on, then let us know because it's probably important. But really, we're, we're just about everywhere including YouTube, actually. Uh, Pixel Rifts tosses the audio for the show up on a YouTube channel sure if that's do. where you like to listen to your podcasts and, as well. The RSS feed is linked on thespawnchunks.com and the patron-only RSS feed, which is where you can hear some extra conversation with Adam today, is uh, on the Patreon page and that is where you can listen to the render distance. My name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixel Riffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash pixelriffs, where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called the Minecraft Survival Guide. I stream three days a week on Twitch, doing behind-the-scenes work for that series, and I'm also the voice for the unofficial Hermitcraft Recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. Aside from that, I'm at Pixel Riffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? Everything I'm doing online is at joelduggan.com. That includes my illustration and design portfolio. I am available for hire. If you're interested in talking to me about that kind of stuff, just drop me a line through the site. I'm going to point you towards the citadelcafe.com, the other podcast that I do about sci-fi and geeky entertainment, and to Twitch, which is just my name, twitch.tv slash joelduggan. That is where I normally stream Minecraft, usually on weekends, but there was this weird glowy thing in the sky this weekend here in Dartmouth, so I didn't do any streaming. I was outside. <laughs> Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite, and we're keen to find the magic.